It's only $20 per year assessment for the church. <laughs> Just kidding, of course. Um, in Ephesians chapter 3, and we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and how that, um, last week I, the, the illustration that, I, that was used or thought of is, can you imagine your house without electricity? You have all the utilities, all the, not the utilities, you have all the appliances, you have everything that you look at needs electricity. Whether it's battery or plug-in, it needs to be charged and it needs to have electricity. Well, the Holy Spirit is what makes, brings the life into the vessel. The Holy Spirit is what God has given us that will quicken our life, that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he will quicken your mortal bodies. So that there is um, a life, it is a person, the Holy Spirit is a person, he is alive, he is well, um, all power is given to us in Jesus' name, and that the power of the Holy Spirit works in our life as we pray. And there was another scripture I was thinking of about how that the Spirit is alive. Okay, the Word of God is alive and active, quick and powerful. The Word of God is alive and active, meaning that the Holy Spirit brings is the life of the Spirit, of the Word, and it brings it to our mind and to our hearts in a way that is empowering for us. If you can imagine trying to uh, cook something in the microwave and you don't have electricity. You can't even tell what time it is. It's a joke. Uh, <laughs> you can't even tell what time it is. You know, you know with, uh, some people are an hour late today. We're going to see who they are. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when they come in, we will let them know. Uh, but the idea is that without the electricity, without the power, there is no function <laughs> to, the, um, to the appliances. And in our life, without the Holy Spirit, there's no function. There's no unction. There's no power. So it is the Holy Spirit that brings life to the Word and life to our faith. And without the Holy Spirit, we don't have anything. We, don't, we just have the letter. We just have, the scripture talks about the letter killeth and the spirit giveth life. Meaning that if we just have a set of rules, it doesn't work. That we can be slaves to rules and not be any good with changing our heart. But the Holy Spirit then comes and gives life to the word. Gives life to the commandments. Gives life to what God wants to do in us. And so as we allow the word to quicken, to inspire, to lead us in our daily walk, we find that it becomes more powerful. It becomes more of an influence in how and what we say, what we do, how we look at ourselves, how we look at others. Without the Holy Spirit, we, we just have laws. We just have laws. But the Spirit then gives us grace, mercy, brings those words to life in our hearts and lives. And today, we're looking at Ephesians chapter 3, and beginning at verse 11, uh, Paul is writing to the Ephesians, and he is writing from prison, okay? And that the, he's telling them, well, well, we'll read what he tells us. All this was preceding along lines planned by, excuse me, all this is proceeding along lines planned by, all along by God and then executed in Christ Jesus. 
When we trust in him, we're free to say whatever needs to be said, bold to go wherever we need to go. So don't let my present trouble on your behalf get you down. Be proud. So here is Paul, and he is writing from prison because of the trouble that he is in. And what is the trouble he is in? The trouble he is in is preaching the gospel. So the people in Ephesus are feeling bad that he's in prison, but Paul is telling them it's, it's okay. It's, it's, it's okay because uh, this, just as Jesus Christ was here and it was planned all along what he should do, so too he's believing that God has a plan for his life, Paul, and that him being in prison is a fulfillment of that plan. And when does adversity help us to see we're doing the right thing? When, does, when do things going wrong actually say we're doing things right? Well, if Paul had never gone to prison, we wouldn't have half the New Testament. <laughs> so when Paul is in prison, could you imagine Paul sitting in prison saying, God, why'd you do this to me? Why'd you do? Why did, this, why did these things happen the way they do? I was out. I was, I was doing what you wanted me to. And along comes all these people, and they want to kill me. And then the Romans grab hold of me, and they throw me in prison. And I'm stuck here. I can't go anywhere. So in our life, we can be stuck somewhere and not going anywhere because we feel God has abandoned us, that this isn't where I'm supposed to be. And that life isn't supposed to be like this. But wherever we are, we are believing that God is there. He is a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. And a friend never abandons us. And <laughs> did you ever go and ask directions? And, and whenever you left and followed the directions, they weren't even close where you wanted to go. And you can just imagine the people are back there laughing. Anybody ever have that happen? That's why they have garments. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they have these um, roadmap things, you know, on your, on your, what's that? GPS. That's it, GPS. And, and we find all these things are going on, and, and we find out where we're at, and, you know, if you're lost, I always liked it because there's a home button, and I know you're not supposed to put home on your GPS because somebody steal your car, push the home button, and then go to your house and rob it. <laughs> you know? So, you don't put the home button, but I like the home button because if I'm lost, boom, I know how to get home. <laughs> I can always get home from where I am because it's in the computer. In our life with Christ, the Holy Spirit helps us to know what direction home is. Our home is not backwards. Our home is forward. Our home is in heaven, and we are on this journey to get there. And it isn't we are going and, we're, you know, we're just going to drag into heaven. I'm praying to make it, you know. I'm on my last legs. No. We are more than conquerors in Christ. We are victorious in our relationship with Jesus Christ. We are victorious in, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That every day as my day is, so shall my strength be. That it is the Spirit of God that brings the word to our mind and empowers it in our heart. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us remember all of our sins are forgiven. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us. You see, 
when we try to do something to earn our, in, our way into heaven, we mess it all up. Because when we think that God owes us, <laughs> you know, did you ever do something for someone and then they owe you? You know, you, they do it for you and you owe them a favor. And, uh, and, and they, some people call it, uh, say it's uh, calling in their markers. <laughs> is that what it is? Markers are, in, what markers? In, I don't know. Isn't that a gambling term? I don't know. <laughs> I never gambled. So, but anyhow, calling in your markers, they've given, you've given them something, uh, you know, they've done something for you, and then you owe them. There's strings attached to this. Well, whenever we believe that we have to do something in order to be saved from our sins, we are, it's like uh, God is calling in his markers. You've got to do something in order to, because my grace and my mercy and my sacrifice isn't enough. And whenever we start believing that we can influence God because he wants us in heaven and therefore we need to do something in order to make him love us. I've got to do something. The, 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 the most important thing we have to do is give our life to Jesus, make our heart right with God, get our heart right with God and allow his spirit and his word to come into our hearts and our lives and allow him to lead us in our daily walk. And he will. And so Paul here is writing to the Ephesians, and he's telling them that not to be sorry for where he's at. My response, and this is talking about Paul now, and his response to being in jail, and the Ephesians are feeling bad, because if he hadn't preached to them the gospel, he wouldn't be in jail at this time. And so he's telling them, this is my response to you. My response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who, who parcels out all of heaven and earth. Now, Paul is saying, hey guys, I want you to know, the guy, the Father who created everything, who parcels out the heavens and the earth, I get on my knees before him, and I ask him to strengthen you by his Spirit. Don't you become defeated in your life because you feel bad that I'm in prison. Don't feel bad that I'm in prison. That, that God who has parceled out the heavens, I'm praying that he will empower you by the Holy Spirit so that you won't feel like you've done something wrong. That if you had not received the gospel, Paul saying, nothing is worth, nothing can, nothing is greater than the receiving of the gospel message. And Paul saying, I, I, you know, I do this. This is my, this is my lot. This is what I'm supposed to do. And I pray for, I pray, I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, not a brute strength, you know, strong muscle, you know, muscle, brute strength, but a glorious inner strength. The inner strength that gives us the ability to know that we can make this. That this is the way, walk ye in it. This is where I'm supposed to be and God is giving me the strength for this moment, for this day, for this obstacle, for this problem, and that God is giving me the strength for it. His spirit is quickening my body, quickening his word, God's word to my life, knowing that I am strong in Christ. 
because his word dwells in my heart and in my mind. And when the word of God dwells in our heart and our mind, the spirit then can quicken it, make it alive. <laughs> that's, why we need, that's why we need to read the Bible. We have devotionals in the back, by the way. We have devotionals in the back, a little advertisement here. Uh, we have devotionals in the back. Please take them better in your house than sitting here because they will expire. Uh, we also have adult quarterlies for Sunday school. You can take those home with you even if you don't come to Sunday school. And we also have some new uh, magazines that come in instead of the evangels. They're back there now for this, this month. So here we are, and we have all these things that we're supposed to put into our minds and hearts. Where do we, what do we read? Who influences our conversation? Who influences our thoughts? How do we use the correct barometer of a gauge that what is good, what is pleasing, what is of God and of his mercy and of his grace, of his teaching and of his word and our correct understanding? How do we know that the word of God becomes that which is alive in us? And he goes on to say here that he will give you a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. That's John. This is Paul. Same analogy, same word, saying that if you will allow him to come in and invite him in, God never goes where he's not invited into our lives. <laughs> you know, he will, not, he will not knock us down and jump in. <laughs> he will wait for us to open our hearts and be receptive to his message. And I ask him, this is Paul again, he's telling him, I'm asking that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ. <laughs> now, Paul writes to the Corinthians, without love, I'm nothing but a sounding gong <laughs> and a clang, clanging cymbal. You hear that? Clang, clanging cymbal. Without love, I'm nothing but a sounding gong and a clanging cymbal. And tell you what, folks, you can give your body to be burned at the stake for the cause, and if you don't have Christ's love in your heart, it's worthless. So Paul's telling us here, we have to have both feet firmly planted in love. Those are not cement shoes. <laughs> firmly planted in love. And what does love do? Love covers a multitude of sins. Love has the ability to look beyond faults and see needs. Love has a responsibility to care, to forgive, to discipline, to disagree, but to keep the disagreements within the foundation of love. It's a crazy thing, isn't it? how that love can influence our lives, how that love can influence our conversation, what we do. And Paul says, have your feet firmly 
planted in love, so that with all followers of Jesus, we may see the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. What are the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love? The extravagant dimensions of Christ's love is that he would give up heaven to become a babe in a manger, (laughs) in a stable, that he would become human. The only only reason God became human was so so that he could die. God can't die, so in order to be the sacrifice for our sin, he had to give up heaven to be our sacrifice he had to give that up in order to come become like us so that we could become like him so what are the extravagant dimensions of love the extravagant dimensions of love are that paul would allow himself to be in prison and be content there knowing that this is the will of god that he would begin to write letters to churches to help them with the difficulties they are facing because he can't be there in person to preach or to speak. God has that type of love for us. He comes to us through each other. He comes to us with people we haven't even met yet. You go to them with the love of God which helps them to heal their wounds and their hurts. What is the extravagant dimensions of God's love? Well, reach out and experience the breath of his love. (laughs) Reach out and experience the breath of his love. I like, it says in here, reach out every corner of our experience. It is wide. It covers the breadth of our own experience and it reaches out to the entire world. The breath of God's love, not breath breathed, but breath <laughs> distance, that God's love reaches every corner, every aspect of our life. That let's see, let's reach out and experience the totality of God's love to every corner, every relationship, every person, every situation, every job, every thought, every word. It reaches into every corner of our existence, our life, but not only us, but into the entire world. That's how expansive it is. Now, prior to this, Paul says, look at the heavens. This is the God who sections out the heavens You know, we just found out in the last how many years, I'm not quite sure, that we're not the only solar system. (laughs) We just found that out, that we're not the only solar system. There are other solar systems out there way beyond us, and it's like they are sections, solar systems. (laughs) There are galaxies. (laughs) Paul says here, This is the God, the magnificent Father, who parcels out all heaven and earth. The earth is divided into continents. How did they know? How did they know that earth wasn't flat? How did he, you know, it's like when Job, the oldest book in the Bible, said the Lord sitteth upon the circle of the earth. The Lord, he talks about the circle of the earth. The predominant 
thought in Job's day was that there was this giant Herculean person carrying this planet called Earth on his shoulders and his back, standing on a turtle, going through the heavens. (laughs) And Job says, let's talk about the circle of the Earth. He flung the stars into space. He didn't understand the concept. He didn't understand the circles and gravity and the gravitational pull of the sun and the planets and that here we are in a solar system and galaxies. They didn't see all that, but they understood that it was greater than just their little world that they live in. <laughs> There's a, the uh, this story it talks about, I said I was going to use this last week and I, I forgot. But if you take this, say this were a bottle, okay, and you put a cap on it, and you stick it in the ocean, okay? You push it in the ocean. It's surrounded by the ocean, but the ocean's not inside. We are surrounded by God, that God is everywhere around us, in the stars, the heavens, in the, the rain, the snow, and the green, and the, every blade of grass is different, every leaf is different. God is in everything around because it's part of his creation, But we put a lid on our life and say, we're in this alone. We're not in this alone. Take the lid off, submerge submerge the container in water, the ocean, and the ocean fills the container. Now, the container is full of the ocean, but it doesn't contain the ocean. (laughs) It only contains a part of the ocean. The container is in the ocean and has part of the ocean, but it doesn't contain all of the ocean. Here we are in God's, immersed in God's word, in God's love. We are immersed in this God who plans everything from beginning to end. While you were yet in your mother's womb, he knew you, he formed you. He put everything in there that you needed. He knew every trial that you would ever face. He knew every difficulty that you'd ever have. He knew when we would stumble, when we would fall. He knew when we would be great and successful. He knew all of this and before it ever began, he knew it all. And we fill our lives with God. <laughs> but we don't contain all there is to know of God. We just have our container full and we're in an ocean. You know, here we are in our place called Wimber in this church and the God who created this planet and created the solar systems and created the galaxies and everything that's out there, here we are in this place, in this building and we are part of that extravagant creation but we don't contain all of that inside of us. We're just part of it. And the God who put all those stars in space and he knows them all by name says that he knows the very hairs of our head. He knows every difficulty. He loves us and he says, come let us reason together now. (laughs) Let's figure this out. That my love has an expansiveness that covers every little corner of your life. Every corner of the universe, my love is there. See, you say, well, if his love's there, why doesn't he show it? (laughs) Eh, People got their caps on. They got their lids on. We don't want to know about your God. We got our own. 
And God is saying, open your eyes, open your heart, and be receptive. And then what else? He says, the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breath. Test its length. Whoa, test its length. It continues the length of our lives. Here we are, the extravagant love of God continues through our life. From beginning to end, it doesn't end. We live until we live again. It doesn't end. Check out this love that he has for us. Then what else? What is next? We have wide, we have long. What's next? Height. What is the height? It rises to the heights of our celebration and our elation. It rises to our greatest heights of being thankful, of feeling safe, of knowing that life, it reaches to the highest mountain, (laughs) you know, song. And then the last one is that he tests its length, plummet the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives full in the fullness of God, that we are, (laughs) and the deeps, it reaches to the depths of discouragement, despair, and even death. When you feel shut out or isolated, remember that you can never be lost to God's love. We are never lost. We are always in the palm of his hand. We are always safe, knowing him as our Savior. And every experience in our life, God has a way of making it good. He can turn it around to good. It doesn't matter what evil or evil people do or say. It doesn't matter. Our world, our world, the people around us, we all have a part to be part of the body of Christ. It is not the will of God that any should perish, but everyone should come to repentance. God's will is that everybody know him as Savior. And he will do his best to touch their lives and allow them to open the lid and allow him in. And you see, the Holy Spirit comes to us. He knocks at our heart's door. He will come into us as we open our heart's door, open the lid, and allow him to come into our lives. And he will make a difference in our todays and in our tomorrows. He says... It's the power, and what I was saying in this whole idea of the power of the Spirit and the work of the Spirit is that the fullness of his life is that he would give it to us not to sit in a chair, not to say, I got this, I got this now. You, you, you get your own, I got this. This is my, my giftings. God doesn't give us giftings to collect them. He gifts us to share them. He gives to us his blessing in order to share. <laughs> wasn't that quick, wasn't it? Like lightning. A little joke here and there, you know. But God has a way of touching our lives. And he has a way of making things right. Amen? Let's stand.
there's another scripture here, and it says, it speaks about how that the melody, what song do we sing in our life? What song? If we were to pick out a song, what song would it be that would best exemplify who we are as a person? Okay? And I hope it's not from the 60s. <laughs> or, or some hard rock or whatever. Uh, but it's a song, and if you don't, can't find one, write one. Write one from your heart that exemplifies who God is to you. And that's the song we should sing over our lives and over our relationships. And every song, every note would be one that is written in love, in forgiveness, openness, sharing, giving of who we are. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you that we open our hearts to you God, it is by your spirit that these truths become real to us. It is by your spirit, O oh God, that we are quickened in our thoughts and our minds. It is by your spirit, Lord, that we come to grips with all the difficulties and all the good things. Let us sing your praise. Let us give thanks to you. God, in all things give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. So every difficulty, Lord, help us to sing a, a song of praise, to sing a song of thanks, knowing that you will work this to the good. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you.